This is a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. The Battle of the Bulge, Germany's last major offensive in World War II, was one of the most costly battles to the U.S. with roughly 81,000 American casualties. Historians can chronicle the battle, but it takes on a whole new meaning when recounted by someone who was on the front lines. Martin Jones of Osage City, Kansas was there. He joined the 106th Infantry Division as a replacement in the winter of 1944. He was in the Ardennes Forest, Belgium, where the Germans launched their attack. We were told it was a quiet area. No, not much activity here. A few patrols back and forth, but that was about all. In Belgium, there is an important road junction called saint Vite, and the border was about 10 miles east of there. And these two regiments were out there east of saint Vite, and there were two good roads that joined a short distance east of saint Vite, one coming from the northeast to a little place called Schoenberg, mm -hmm. and another coming from the northeast. They made a V which met at Schoenberg, and then like the base of a letter Y, one road coming back to St. Viet, which was an important road junction. Sure. Well, these two regiments were between those two good roads that met back of them at Schoenberg. We replaced them, that division, foxhole by foxhole, command post by command post. Some of the positions were well dug in. But when we took over on December 10th, our division commander requested permission to move those two regiments back about four or five miles to better defensive position, and he was denied permission to do that. Everybody recognized that those positions would be extremely difficult to defend. But the Eisenhower and his staff said, we fought and died for that, and we're not going to give up one foot of it without a fight. So two regiments of the 106th Division took those vulnerable positions up there. Jones has an interesting perspective on the Allied General Staff and learning lessons from history. Now I must say some more kind of general. The Allied General Staff had two things they were convinced of. Both were misconceptions. The first one was that the Germans were licked. They did not have enough of anything to mount a significant offensive. We had pushed them clear out of France, back beyond the Siegfried line into Germany. Mm -hmm. So they were convinced the Germans did not have enough to mount an attack. Furthermore, the generals said even if the Germans do attack, they'll not do it in the Ardennes section of Belgium because there are no strategic targets back in Belgium that they want. Well, the, German, the Allied generals forgot their history lessons because in World War I, where did the Germans attack? 
right through Belgium. On May the 10th, 1940, where did they attack? Not against the French marginal defensive positions, through Belgium. They actually came through Belgium and attacked the French positions from the French rear. So the Allies made a number of decisions based upon those two misconceptions. They spread out two divisions, the 106th Division and another division, far too thin along the front lines. I think you were covering, what, 21 miles? Yeah, Each division had something like 22 miles to 24 miles to defend. And normally it's, what, five miles? I had just come from Fort Benning where we learned that five miles was the maximum you should ask an infantry division to defend. Two divisions side by side had about 22 to 24 miles. The line wasn't even solid defensive line. There were gaps in it. Furthermore, I'd learned that you always keep a third of your forces in reserve to use any place they're needed. Our division was spread out so thin that the division put only one battalion in reserve. That's one-ninth of your strength. The other big, huge problem was one you read about recently, and that is our intelligence was poor. Our intelligence was poor before we invaded Iraq. That's nothing new. U.S. intelligence has frequently been poor. It was in World War II in December. Because the, the Allied intelligence lost track of a complete German armored division. And U.S. patrols reported several times that the Germans were amassing tanks opposite the Ardennes. And the Allied intelligence poo-pooed that. We got a report up on the front lines that the Germans didn't have as many tanks as we were reporting they had up there. Because Germans didn't have the wherewithal to mount it. There were plenty of reports, several from civilians, that Germans were amassing tanks opposite the Ardennes area of Belgium. But the Allied intelligence refused to believe it. From early morning December 16th through the morning of the 17th, Martin Jones was in the heat of battle. Here he describes his experience along the front lines near St. Vith, Belgium. I mentioned the infantry ground troops were outnumbered four or five to one. It was even worse than that in terms of tanks because the Allies had only a few tanks attached to each regiment. The German tanks traveled those two hardtop roads and joined up at this little village of Schoenberg the morning of the 17th, the second day of the battle. Now our first orders were to hold our positions at all cost. Hold our positions at all cost. Well, we held them until it was too late to get out of there. We were promised airdrops of supplies and ammunition and water and food because the weather was so horrible. The Air Force was grounded in England. But 
we had had no ammunition for a day and a half and this Colonel Cavender had been in private infantry in World War I and he communicated with the colonel who was in charge of the other regiment that was trapped and colonel they either together or independently I've read both ways decided to surrender what was left to the men. So we got an order from Colonel Cavender to destroy our weapons and stay where we were. And he sent the last radio message he got out, he had some radio, was something like this. We have ceased to be an effective fighting unit. We have suffered casualties and I'm not going to suffer any more casualties in a hopeless situation. I'm ordering my men to surrender. Now, it was certain that we were not an effective fighting unit at that time. I rather doubt that we ever were because we had inadequate training. How were your men able to hold up with their lack of training during this entire barrage of overwhelming power? Well, it was terribly hard, but uh, I didn't. I just thought that's what combat's like, maybe. This was my first experience in combat, you know. It's hell, I knew that. This is one Kansas veteran's account of the Battle of the Bulge, gathered by the Watkins Community Museum of History for the Kansas Veterans of World War II Oral History Grant, funded by the Kansas State Legislature in 2005.